Hey everybody, welcome back to Explain Like I'm 5, the podcast where we take the questions you always wanted to ask and talk about them in a way that's easy to understand. We are your hosts, I'm Tim. Hey there, I'm Kevin. So Kevin, today we've got another question that came in from a listener, uh, and it's a really good one and relevant to five-year-olds. Oh yeah, what is it? It's about dinosaurs. Dinosaurs are really cool. Yeah, they are, and of course, very topical for any kid. Uh, they're always a, a five-year-old favorite. <laughs> um, but the question that came in actually was, why are dinosaurs and other animals around that time, um, why are they so much larger than animals we know of today? Oh, I love this question. So there are a couple of reasons, or rather theories that we could talk about. You know, a lot of people say that there was maybe more oxygen during those times and that it was warmer back then. And other people say it's because of higher CO2 levels. Now, all of these could have contributed or enabled that large size. But unfortunately, we're talking about millions of years ago, even hundreds of million years ago. So a lot out there isn't quite definitive. Okay, so let's take a step back. People say dinosaurs lived in a world with much more extreme weather. Uh, that it was much warmer, more violent, um, and as you referenced, some people say that it was the oxygen that made weather more violent. Can you explain? Yeah, yeah. So people like to talk about oxygen, but it wasn't the only factor, right? Oxygen levels were higher because the plants, they were sucking all of the carbon dioxide, the CO2, out of the air and trapping the carbon into coal and oil at the time while breathing out oxygen and raising the levels up to about 30% in the Carboniferous period before the dinosaurs even came along. Ah, uh, 30% is pretty high. Today, if I recall correctly, it's about 20 to 21%. Is that right? That's right. That's right. So, so, so that much you know, of a higher level would have made things like fires way more dangerous in dry areas with uh, like grasslands with, uh, with lots of fuel. And large fires can contribute some to the weather but they usually don't amplify storms in general. So if oxygen wasn't the only factor, what were the other things that contributed to storms and extreme weather back in the dinosaur age? Yeah, so one big one was uh, probably continental structure. You don't always think about that. <laughs> back then, uh, the Earth, we had two different supercontinent type land formations back then. You know, Pangaea around 300 million years ago broke into two big chunks, Laurasia and Gondwana, uh, during the time of the dinosaurs. So what happens is the more you pack land into one area and then ocean into the other half, the greater the general impact on the weather. And with supercontinents leaving these gigantic, gigantic stretches of ocean pretty much wide open, uh, this is going to happen. And this is because hurricanes, they feed off of warmer water and shrink when they come across land. And when there's more warm water, there's bigger hurricanes or typhoons. And this is actually why, you know, the Pacific storms, if you think about it, are often larger than Atlantic ones. The ocean is bigger. And uh, other storms get amplified too. Larger masses of solar heated continu continuous land mean greater regional heating. And that can translate to differences in regional pressure colliding with each other and generating much more powerful localized storms. So back to oxygen levels, since people talk about it a lot, do they cause animals to be bigger? <laughs> yeah, yes. So the right way to think about it is that oxygen and warmth is not what causes uh, bigger animals. They allow for bigger animals to evolve, uh, permitting basically a wider range of animal sizes. 
You know, all living bodies and all our cardiovascular systems, it supports basically a population of cells. And these cells, they need oxygen. And being in a high oxygen environment like back then is like being a worker during boom times. It's uh, you know easier to get money, so you can support a larger family uh, in this example. And an environment rich in oxygen allows for systems that maybe are not particularly efficient, such as the, uh, the book lungs possessed by some insects, uh, but it does help them support a large number of cells. So in other words, high oxygen environment, inefficient oxygen delivery systems, are, are thus able to support these really large organisms, which means that more types of animals are able to explore that kind of evolutionary space of getting bigger. Uh, however, they also succumb to not being able to support that size when uh, oxygen levels maybe get lower in the future. Okay, so if I'm to understand this correctly, oxygen doesn't cause larger sizes, but when it comes to natural selection, it allows for larger animals to continue to survive. Exactly. Now, you said at the beginning that some people also talked about CO2 as well as oxygen being higher back in that day. It seems a little counterintuitive to me. Oh yes, let's look at this. So um, both oxygen and CO2 levels were higher than today, but there's much less CO2 than oxygen. So currently the atmosphere is like 20% oxygen, like we said, <clears throat> and about 0.04% carbon dioxide. You know, double or triple levels of CO2 would still only be about 0.1% of the air, but would still have a huge effect on plant life. So what is the theory here? So one of the theories was that due to that higher level of carbon dioxide in the air, plants <clears throat> in carbon-rich environments, they grew very well, but actually would have um, less nutrients than if they grew in an environment similar to what we have today. So what happened was that animals that needed to eat a lot of plants uh, just to get enough energy to survive. They also ended up developing larger stomachs to handle more plants to eat and thus grew bigger to carry a bigger stomach. You know, some uh, sauropods... Uh, what are sauropods? Oh yeah, think of those really big and long dinosaurs like the Brachiosaurus, uh, the Diplodocus, the Brontosaurus. Uh, so those are all sauropods. Ah, uh, got it. So some sauropods, they basically maxed out and basically became walking stomachs with a long neck so that they could eat everything in front of them in a large swath without basically having to walk too far. Um, and uh, with all plant-eating dinosaurs getting bigger, the, the carnivores, right, the ones that eat um, uh, animals that other dinosaurs, they also need to get bigger to be able to take them down. You need to be big to kill a big giant dinosaur, so things kind of just got bigger and bigger, uh, goes the theory. Mm, very interesting theory. So finally, you brought up an important point we were talking earlier just about bias. Can we end on this one? Sure, sure. It's important to end with this point. Basically, dinosaurs being big in our minds is actually potentially us being biased about how we represent them. You know, there were actually many small dinosaurs, uh, but the big ones were really impressive, and that's what makes them memorable. Dinosaurs were on Earth for about 200 million years. You know, human sapiens have only been around for about 600,000 years. So that's an incredibly long time and allows for a lot of different species of all sizes to rise and fall. So we think of the, big, the era of big dinosaurs without even realizing that more time separates the Stegosaurus and Tyrannosaurus and then the Tyrannosaurus and then the humans. Well, that's helpful context to keep in mind when talking about dinosaurs. Thank you for that. 
Did you learn something new? If you did, send us an email. We are at eli5thepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we, of course, appreciate it if you leave us a five-star review on iTunes as it helps more people discover the show. As always, thank you to the community at r slash explain like I'm five, and we will see you all next week.